0: of Block Talk presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always Michael Block. Now is the time to help us out and there are so many ways you can. Subscribe, leave us a review, share your favorite episode, or become a sponsor or do all of the above. And as always follow me on Instagram at Michael Block Talk on Twitter at Block Talk NYC and visit TheatreInTheNow.com for the latest news, reviews, and interviews. Well, hello. We've got a reunion on Block Talk. It's the verified viral TikTok star and my college pal, Michael Jensen Berry. Hello. But well, hello, you. Um, it, it, <laughs> sorry, it's I been guess. a. It's been a while. I yeah. honestly don't know the last time I saw you in person.
1: Uh, d- d- probably a few years. Um, yeah. Back when was it? When I worked, we worked on that show together. Yeah,
0: we did one of my plays, and then yeah. I remember we—you were like one of my first in-person interviews I did for my website. Yeah. Uh, When you were doing spam a lot. Um, and then you just continued to move and blow up and do so many fun things.
1: I I feel like the last couple years before lecta, I was bouncing around all over the place. Like I was in LA for a little while, and then in Florida doing a show and North Carolina doing a show. It was like I lived in New York, but I didn't actually spend any time in New York. Right, right. Um, which seems like very typical actor hashtag actor
0: life. Yeah. And it, it, it's been a while and like I don't think um, we any of us did anything for like a 10 year college reunion type thing that that kind of just passed.
1: Yeah, there must have been something. I, 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 I feel
0: like around that time is when they were starting to do the transition of uh, the, the faculty leaving and there was like no one left that we knew.
1: Yeah, there were like two people. I, I think Mark Cohen is still there and mm-hmm. I did love
0: him, but yeah. I ran
1: into him in New York. So we already had our
0: catch up anyway. There you go, there you go. <laughs> uh, do, do, you, do you keep in touch with anyone from the
1: class? From BU? Um, yeah, I'm actually going in a couple of weeks to Chicago to see uh, Julia Daubert, who's in my oh, nice. class, who's a teacher now, she's a fifth grade teacher. Wow, and, that's cool. Which I'm sure she's brilliant at. And my God, like we actually, her and Sally Hughes, who's an mm-hmm. actress, she's living in LA. And we all sort of reconnected for Julia's wedding a couple oh, years nice. ago. Oh, um, nice. Cause we'd always kind of kept in touch, but then Sally and I were both invited to her wedding and like rebonded, I guess you could say like as adults. Cause we were close in college. Yeah. And now, you know, different people, but now actually Sally and I are closer than we were when we were in college. And that's Julia great had a baby. So I know when listening to this cares because <laughs> they don't know these people, but yeah. So Sal and we're all vaccinated now. So Sally oh, from LA, I'm flying out from New York. We're going to meet in the middle in Chicago and meet Julia's baby. And I'm thrilled.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Well, I- I'm excited to talk about you and learn all about you for the listeners to learn all about you because they probably have seen your work but don't know much about you so this is going to be exciting
1: yay you mean they don't want to hear about julia daubert and her (laughs) i'm
0: I'm sure they do i'm sure we'll talk more about you but i like to start from the beginning where are you from
1: i am from syracuse new york sunny
0: syracuse what is life like in syracuse as a child
1: um it actually is a fabulous place to grow up i will say Mm. The, I'll start with like the only downsides to Syracuse, really, is that it really only has two seasons, mm-hmm. um, winter and summer. And winter is about 10 months long. And yes. then you wake up one day and it's 95 degrees and humid. And then somewhere in October, one day, all of a sudden, every leaf just falls off trees. And then you have a <laughs> blizzard and it's now winter. Um, and usually the final blizzard is somewhere around Mother's Day. Um, and it's very gray. I think it's mm-hmm. considered one of the least sunny places in the country. So it's a little, so if seasonal depression is a thing, you probably shouldn't <laughs> go there. Um, so it was a real culture shock when I moved to Los Angeles and it was 80 degrees and sunny every day. And I was yeah. trying to go outside whenever there was sun and it was exhausting, um, <laughs> but no. So, but the upside of Syracuse though, for me growing up is there's loads of theater. It's a great yeah. sort of like artistic hub. Um, it's a huge hospital hub for upstate New York. There's five hospitals and a university in a small city. So there's a mm-hmm. lot of people who are well-educated who make decent money. So there are a lot of theaters. And I first, I saw Beauty and the Beast in Toronto when I was six years old. Okay. And I looked at my mom and I was like, one day I wanna be the candlestick. <laughs> and luckily, my mom loves theater. My dad was a professional musician for a long time. So they encouraged my sister and I to try. We auditioned for The King and I when I was six years old. I loved it. She hated it. And from then on, that's how I started uh, performing. And luckily, I grew up in a town with loads of theaters. So there's tons of opportunity to me for me to go from show to show. And there were great voice teachers and great dance teachers. So in that regard, it was a great place to grow up.
0: Now, when you weren't actually performing, were you always performing? Were you always on? Are you kidding? Oh, my God. (laughs) It was my
1: poor family. Um, They, I must have been so exhausting. I was like a hyperactive kid with ADD. And for funsies, I would learn jokes and accents and songs, and I would perform them at dinner for my poor, Mm -hmm. long-suffering family. And I think that's why, like with all this Schitt's Creek stuff that I've started doing, why I sort of have an ear for accents is because when I was a kid, I was obsessed with like Monty Python, Mel Brooks, Peter Sellers, Robin Williams. And so in my spare time, I would practice their bits and then do them like for my friends at school who Mm -hmm. also thought I was the weirdest kid on the planet.
0: So So theater was in your life and you decided to go to school for theater. Why be you?
1: Um, I did, it was sort of an easy choice when it was like, I'm going to college to study theater. I never even remember sitting down with my parents to discuss that decision. It was just like, well, let's look at drama schools. It was just mm-hmm. sort of assumed, um, which was lovely. Good thing I have supportive parents. Um, but yeah, BU, it's funny. It was on, I narrowed it down to 10 schools. My top choices were all musical theater schools. Cause that's what right. I primarily done. And BU was just sort of it was like a reserve choice. And then it was literally the 10th on my list of 10. It just sort of stayed. I knew yeah. it was the top drama schools, but I knew nothing about Boston. I knew very little about the university, but it was my second audition. And I think part of it was I auditioned to SU first to kind of take mm-hmm. off the, because I SU is a great school, but my mom's office is literally next to the school. <laughs> so I was like, I shan't be going here. Um, but BU was really my other practice audition. And this is gonna sound so crazy, but I had a dream the night before, I dreamt my first day of college, and this is all not having seen BU. And it was BU, like it was the College of Fine Arts in my dream, yeah. like I was walking in, I was going to class. It was the whole building, which I had never seen. So when I walked into audition to audition, my dad was with me and I got off the elevator and I was like, whoa, dad, this is where I'm going to college. And he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, 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 seriously, I dreamed this last night. And he was like, cool, my son's crazy. Um, which that's never happened, like that level of deja vu. Yeah. Like, I'm not a necessarily spiritual or whatever person, but I just knew. And so weirdly it made the audition so much easier. And I went in and the audition was so much fun. The professor I auditioned with was is no longer there. I can't even actually remember his name because he didn't end up teaching me. Um, but he was lovely and we had a blast. And Yeah, I just walked out and I was like, this is where I'm going. And I was so pumped. And every audition after that, I was kind of like, cool, I'm just having fun, but I'm going to BU. Um, And I was like, I, yeah. And it sort of created my own little musical theater major for myself. Right. Sort of Uh, minored in voice and took dance classes, but it was great.
0: Because you you were a theater arts major compared to acting. What was, I mean, now, now looking back at it, what was your experience like at BU? Was it fun? Did you like it? Would you recommend theater schools to kids today? Um,
1: yeah. I think if acting is definitely what you want to do. Um, yes, definitely go study theater. I recommend going to a place like Boston university because you're studying drama in a conservatory style program, which mm-hmm. it very much was, um, you know, you know, CFA is like, it's a hardcore conservatory training right. within a much larger university. And um, I love that because it exposes you to different kinds of people. You can take, um, I loved the theater arts major and that's what really drew me was because I had access to the hardcore acting conservatory classes, but I could sort of create my own path within it. Mm -hmm. You know, I could also take history classes. I could also take, you know, whatever classes at the College of Arts and Sciences, which I think is so important to become a well-rounded as well as well-rounded actor. And my journey at BU it was a little bumpy at first because I came in and I I really struggled for a long time, still probably do with self-confidence and self-assurance. And I was so intimidated by the rest of the kids in my class because yeah. a lot of them, even though I'd been doing theater since I was six, professional theater, I still thought everyone was better than me. They all had gone to what like Interlochen or whatever those, <laughs> those are, which I'd never yeah. done. I was like a lifeguard in the summer. Um, So I thought everyone was so scary. I thought that at first the program was really intimidating. It was a level of uh, like demand that I'd never fully experienced. I was mostly done musical theater. This was straight acting. Again, I was just terrified. So most of freshman year, I felt like crap because I was like, I'm a terrible actor, I'm failing. Even though all the teachers were lovely and they were like, no, you're great. Maybe you don't have a panic attack. Um, So So that was a little bit of a struggle for me, but once I found my footing, it was great. And then I went abroad my whole junior year, which was phenomenal. I took a semester and I wanted to just go be a normal person for a little bit and not like be a drama major who was always in pajamas and crying. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I went to Dublin and studied marketing for a Mm -hmm. semester and then went to London, went to Lambda, to study Shakespeare, which that changed my life. Like their approach to acting, made sense. Well, BU is a great drama training. It's a very link later based. It's very right. and that isn't really, I learned isn't a good style for me. And I think that's why I struggled a little bit freshman and sophomore year as an actor, because the style of acting training they did just didn't quite compute for me. Whereas it computed beautifully for other people. Then I went to London and the British style it's just matter of fact. They're like, you open the door because it says in the stage directions, he opens the door. (laughs) What's what's driving you to open the door? What's your inner, you know, I was like, I think I just do better when in with that style. So then I came back senior year, I made friends who were not actors while I was in Dublin. Um, You know, I came back with this London confidence and Mm -hmm. senior year was just a dream. I think that's when I did my best work the whole time I was there because I sort of went away gave myself some slack and learned how to trust
0: myself. Yeah, and and BU is a, is a good breeding ground for talent. I mean, in our class alone, we've had some people on the Broadway. We've oh, had yeah. some movie stars. Yeah, we got um, look, Jessica Roth. Look at her yeah. go. She's a, like a horror movie. movie star now. Yeah, um, and then Alex was on Broadway and John Alex Bass White. was on Broadway.
1: Yeah, and John Bass, big TV star now too, yeah. um, and movie star, uh, Mary Wiseman. Mm-hmm. on Broadway and then Star Trek. Um, you know, you've got Paige Clark is still killing it in the Boston theater scene. You've got Sally's killing it in LA. Like a yeah. lot of people from our class have done very, yeah. very well.
0: It, it, it was a good, good class. And I, yeah. I was always glad to be a part of it as a um, design and production student. I, always, I was one of the only ones to really like weasel my way into that, the friend group a bit. Yeah.
1: Well, that's one thing I do wish, and I don't know if this is true of every drama school, but like you and like Danielle, I mean, loads of awesome people sort of in the DMP side that we unfortunately didn't get to spend as much time yeah. with. Also, you guys were so busy. Mm-hmm. Like I thought I was busy until I oh, learned, yeah. like what the stage managers and what all of you guys were doing. And I was like, oh no, you don't sleep for like nope, four nope. years. But then also you get into the real world and you still don't sleep because your jobs are so demanding.
0: It's, it's very, very true. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Being an actor, I
1: was like, my job's so hard. And then I saw you, I was like, oh, just kidding.
0: (laughs) So after college, what drew you to New York?
1: So my mom is from New York. Uh, My mom, she's like the nanny. She was born in Flushing, Queens, um, and uh, then grew up on Long Island. And so we came down to New York all the time for most of our family holidays, and my uncle was a fireman in New York and he took me to Broadway shows when I was growing up. So I was very comfortable in New York City. And at that point, all I wanted to do was be a musical theater star on Broadway. Um, so so that's what initially drew me there. And it was nice going to a major big city like that, which could be scary, but I had so many relatives there that it was sort of was nice. If I was ever like in a spot, you know, I would have an aunt or an uncle within yeah. subway distance.
0: Um, what was the scariest part about being an adult in New York? The scariest part
1: about being an adult. Um, I mean, paying bills. Um, yeah,
0: that's fair, I that's
1: fair. Adulting in general is just hard. And when you're an actor too, I think the one of the hardest part, not just an actor, but anybody in entertainment or any arts business, is that there's no sort of set trajectory. It's not mm-hmm. like you graduate with a degree or, and then like go do an internship where you get a job where then you get this and sort of work your way up. Um, I think that's one of the hardest parts is moving to a, a big expensive city with no job prospects yeah, <laughs> and, and no sort of set trajectory to follow. Um, you know, it's not necessarily luck, I guess, but like, it's, it's tough. It's scary to sort of go into something where you don't know what's going to happen day to day.
0: Absolutely. So I asked you this question in 2012 when we did the interview for the website and I'm going to ask you now, and I want, I'm very curious to go back and see how it has changed. But I'm going to ask you the question, why theater?
1: Why theater? Because I have extraordinarily high needs for attention. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, yes, that. Um, but I I love theater because, I mean, I love storytelling. In case you can't mm-hmm. tell, I am not succinct in the least. Um, I I love storytelling. I grew up. I couldn't sleep. It. I was a terrible sleeper, and so I'd listen to audio books and old mm-hmm. radio to fall asleep. I love that aspect of sort of escapism. I love that a whole lot of people can come together in one space, and all sort of experience this beautiful story together. And you can sort of forget the world outside the theater, but you're doing it together. Um, I love that sense of camaraderie and yeah and just sort of the freedom that it gives you because when you're sitting there you can just sort of escape into the lives of the people on stage for a while and and everyone in that theater is going to see it differently and feel it differently which I think is really exciting um and then as an actor I just love the thrill of the of live theater I love that every night's going to be different yeah I love that every night the audience's reaction is going to be different um, I'm definitely not one of those actors who's kind of like a brilliant automaton who can do the same performance every night. Mm-hmm. Every night's going to be different, um, and and I just love how exciting that is. It's it's fun, and especially doing a comedy. There's no greater feeling. Absolutely, than a yeah. laugh like as much as I love dramas, but there is no better like adrenaline rush than getting a
0: laugh. So, at this point in in your career, are there any new dream roles you have?
1: Any new dream roles? Um, Hmm, like I, I think some of them are the same because I'm such sort of like an old fart. Like uh-huh. I've been 85 since the day I was born. <laughs> so most of my dream roles are guys in their 40s. Um, so the the one that I do wanna play soonish before I get too old though is, is Richard II. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even, just as I finished saying like, I love doing comedies. I wanna do this heavy Shakespearean <laughs> um, But I did it when I was in grad school, when I went back to Lambda to get my MFA. Right. And that was the first show I did when I got there was Richard II and I played Richard and it was terrifying, but I loved it. And I think that script is perhaps one of those beautiful scripts ever written. And so I'd love another crack at it, but like Mm -hmm. in a professional, like that was in a grad school show. Sure, sure. I'd love to do a fully like funded big production of that. And he's supposed to be in his early thirties. So I'm getting or or stretching it, (laughs) Um, but, but everything else, like I've always wanted to do Boeing, Boeing, um, yeah, basically, yeah. anything Mark Rylance has done, I've probably wanted to do because he's very swiftly become perhaps one of my favorite actors, and I've seen basically everything he's done in New York. And like, yeah, but Boeing, Boeing, especially—that's my kind of show. That it, its good covers. comedy.
0: Yeah, you're trained in theater, but you've done a lot of film. Do you have different uh, acting muscles you have to exercise for both? Um, I think at the core
1: of them, I mean, what you're doing is you're hopefully you're just playing that character. You're inhabiting them completely. Um, I struggled initially getting into film and and television um, because I'm, I have big features and I use mm-hmm. them a lot <laughs> and my voice is all over the place. Um, and I'm always kind of playing to the back row. Right. Um Also, sorry, there's a window open if you can hear. Someone mowing a lawn. Um, (laughs) If it's too noisy, I'll go shut it. There you go. Um, But but yeah, I'm just a theatrical human who uses his hands. So on film, when you're in close-up, when you're in tight, if I use my face and my voice like that, I come across as someone who's completely unhinged. Um, So for me, the biggest challenge, which is fun, is like, how do I convey just as much emotion, just as much feeling, with really bringing down my facial features and my vocal qualities to a more conversational level. Um, But at the root of it, you're still just telling this Mm -hmm. person's story and hopefully your internal feelings are still just as passionate, just as strong.
0: Absolutely. Now you were part of the film Milk Water, uh, recently released and has been getting great reception. What is the film about and what is your role?
1: Milkwater, I'm so proud of it. So yeah, it comes out, officially comes out May 21st, Mm -hmm. which is great because my birthday is May 22nd. So happy birthday to me. Um, But it, yes, it just did all the festivals over quarantine and won multiple awards for best picture, best screenplay. Um, But yeah, so Milkwater is about this young woman named Milo who's played by Molly Bernard from TV's Younger. Mm-hmm. and she's in her early to mid thirties and all of her friends are adulting much better than she is she sort of looks around one day and she's like you know this friend is married and has a baby that one got a job promotion like everyone has their life figured out seemingly except for me so she sort of has this moment and she meets this older gay man played by Patrick Breen mm-hmm. um in uh in a bar where he does drag and you know he's a he's and he really, really wants to have a baby and he just can't get a surrogate. And so she just kind of rashly agrees to become his surrogate Um, thinking, you know he's a nice man who deserves to have a baby. And she has this great line. I can't remember exactly how it goes but she's like these old tired eggs like finally put them to (laughs) use. And really thinking that this is gonna change her life. This is how she's going to grow up and this is what she's gonna do. And so you follow her over the course of the pregnancy and you see how it changes her life basically. It's this lovely, lovely journey she goes on. And I feel like you—it's rare that you see the journey of a of of a story like that from the point of view of the surrogate. It's usually mm-hmm. from the parents trying right. to have the baby. So it's great, and she's brilliant in it. And I play. Um, so her best friend is Robin de Jesus, nice. um, Broadway Tony nominee star. Robin de Jesus plays her best friend, and I play his boyfriend Teddy, um, who originally was a much smaller part. He was just like. Tim <laughs> Um, and I got on set and Morgan, our brilliant writer director, um, thought I was kind of funny. And so she let me improvise a little bit in the scene. And from there, my part just sort of grew and grew. <laughs> like Ted, he's no longer Tinder Ted, he's Ted. And Ted is now featured in a whole bunch, like the last third of the movie. Nice. Um, and it's fun. Cause he's this very sort of just sweet wide eyed person who's kind of on the outside of the circle of friends. And so he provides this sort of lovely perspective for them when they're all bickering and fighting. And you know, they're like, you're ruining your life. And she's like, you don't know what you're talking about. He's on the outside. He's like, hey, so I don't really know you, but like, have you thought about this? (laughs) And they're like, shut up, daddy. And he's like, okay. Like, He's just sort of this sweet outsider, um, which is a lot of fun to play.
0: Some people baked bread, dyed their hair during quarantine. You became a viral superstar with your spot on impression of Catherine Harris, Moira Rose. Uh, what is the evolution of quarantine time? Uh, well, thank you. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, I I love Schitt's Creek, obviously, like most people. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful show. And um, I had, you know, with friends, we all just sort of would do Alexis or David or Moira, just sort of on our own and, you know, hanging out, just being goofy. And right before lockdown, I was doing improv at the pit
0: mm-hmm. and we
1: did an improv jam. And I don't know, I got it in my head that how funny would it be if Moira was the manager of a Sephora? <laughs> and so I can't, well, one girl came in and she sort of established the scene where at a Sephora. And I was like, my God, what if Moira was the manager? And I came in, and it was just like, well, hello, you welcome to Sephora. And she's like, how the mighty hath fallen. Um <laughs> And people were dying and afterwards, everyone was like, you know, that voice is really good. And uh, which I had never really thought. And so when we went into lockdown, all my friends were creating web series and Insta- and um, uh, podcasts and doing amazing things. And I never thought I could create anything on my own, but I was like, well, screw it. I mean, we all could die tomorrow we're in a worldwide pandemic, let me try something. And my roommate had an extra wig from an old Halloween costume at the bottom of his closet. So I just like plopped it on my head, put up my phone and. Thought, well, on the show, she drinks tea all the time, so I'll have a cup of tea, and we'll call it quarantine time, and, like, every couple of days, um, Moira will check in with a cup of tea and just give her very specific perspective on life in lockdown, um, and it was just more for my friends. It was just sort of an inside joke, Yeah. And never thought this would go anywhere, and, yeah, now, what, like, 130 episodes, and I want to say 35 wigs later, I'm still doing it.
0: So how does it feel to have gone viral? What was the moment you realized this is catching on?
1: I I don't know that I ever quite had that moment. I think that probably because social media is still such a mystery to me. Like I said, I'm an 85 year old man. I joined TikTok to post, to have just a place to post these videos as well as Instagram. And like a friend I made on TikTok had to walk me through how to use Twitter. (laughs) on FaceTime because I couldn't figure it out. So um, and doing all this in lockdown, my life hasn't changed at all because mm-hmm. I've just been home. The only difference for me is, you know, it's I look at my videos and they go from 10 views to 10,000 or a million or whatever. Um, so it's interesting. I've never really had like a moment where things have changed. It still kind of feels I'm still just sitting in my kitchen with a wig on my Yeah. Head. It's just now people want to interview me.
0: <laughs> now, obviously you've re- received the coveted blue check mark. What was yeah. that like? I,
1: I didn't even notice at first. A friend <laughs> called me and they were like, dude, you got verified. And it was on Twitter first after um, Jason Buttigieg shared mm-hmm. a video that I did for him actually. Um, so when he put out a tweet at Christmas time and he was like, Dan Levy, where's Santa baby? Santa Bebe, as Moira Rose. And I figured, you know, the show's over. I was like, there's no way Catherine O'Hara is going to do this. So why don't I take a stab at it? <laughs> and so I wrote a version of Santa Baby where the whole family sings of each one gets a verse. And that's when I learned how to use Twitter. And Chase and Buttigieg shared it and talked about it and messaged me. And he was like, this it's is awesome. So cool. Thank you. And, um, and I think he's fabulous. So I was so excited. Um, and after that, yeah, I got that low blue check mark. And then after that, they all, all the other ones kind of followed suit. You know, I think once you get it on one, Instagram, TikTok, you know, they're all yeah. like, oh, you must be a thing. Um, <laughs> but again, you know, all these friends were like, congrats, you're verified. I was like, I'm like Pinocchio. It's like am I a real person now? <laughs> but hey, it
0: opens doors. I I suppose so. How long does it take to transform into Moira? Do you have a process? Um, Well, the voice, again, because I never really
1: practiced the voice, Mm -hmm. um, which is probably good, because she's talked about it in interviews where she said there's really no rhyme or reason to it. She just sort of made it up. Um, So that's why she was like, it's so hard to replicate because there's no formula. So maybe it's good that I just sort of I I don't know. Um, But the process, it it depends, because when I go to write an episode, um, some of them come immediately. Um, some of them take a while, take a whole afternoon for me to write and then film it. The thing now that takes the longest really is getting into the costume because now people have been really wonderful and I've gone from just borrowing my sister's clothes to like now (laughs) friends who do costumes, who do wardrobe have sent me, but so now I have an entire wardrobe from Moira and Alexis and David and all this jewelry that wonderful designers like Leela Grace jewelry has Mm -hmm. been sending me stuff and, um, so putting together the outfit and the wig now takes me a while because I've gotten so particular about it. Like yeah, well, I, I this mean, necklace yesterday, I can't wear that again.
0: You're you're essentially a drag queen at this point. Apparently, yeah.
1: Even though I have no clue how to wear makeup, I don't even shave when I make video. <laughs> right. Um, so I always feel bad when people are like, you do drag. And I was like, that feels like an insult to drag queens because what they do is such an art form and it's so beautiful and so meticulous. And I feel like I'm the laziest drag queen on the planet if I'm a drag I queen. mean,
0: you have a wardrobe that's probably bigger than most drag queens at this
1: point. That's true. And I've said like when this is over, I have to return all the jewelry and the clothes when I'm done. But now I have all these wigs. And I was like, if ever there's some like baby drag queen out there who's going to need <laughs> like 35 wigs, they're pretty BSW wigs. I have to give them a shout out because they've given them to, for free, most of them. Nice. So I have all these wigs. It's like, well, someone's going to need them.
0: It's true. I mean there are there were a lot of baby drag queens who were born during quarantine. Believe you me, I I'm saw them all. <laughs> I'm sure.
1: Which is beautiful. The world needs more color and more
0: drag. Queens. Absolutely. How has quarantine time grown since it started a year ago?
1: Um well, it began with me just setting up my phone, not and just improvising, just sort of riffing yeah. into the phone and then um finally getting a good take. And now that I've learned how to edit Um, I've managed to add all kinds of other characters. So now I do the whole family and then I've done over 20, I wanna say other sort of celebrity impressions and then original characters. Um, So now every time I sort of try and challenge myself either with her vocabulary to work in crazy new words or to do another person like I've done Patrick Stewart and Henry Cavill and Dolly Parton, people I never thought I would ever impersonate. Um, Britney Spears. Um, I've now done a few times and, uh, and so that's, that's how it's grown is I, each one, I still try and challenge myself either technology wise, like how can I do a cool music cut or edit mm-hmm. you know, or as an actor, or
0: as a writer is sketch comedy, something you aspired to. I
1: never did before. I think because it was scary. And, um, but now I love it. I, who knew I, I could yeah. write. Even Katherine Rojera said I was a funny writer. Um, so now that I have, it's this sort of, it's so liberating. Now I just want to keep doing it. I love writing sketches now. I think it's so fun.
0: Now, uh, speaking of Catherine O'Hara, she, she did comment on your work. What was that like to hear her praise you? Oh my God,
1: for the f- probably second time in my life, I was speechless, um, <laughs> which as you found, I'm a regular broken. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, I was going to meet a friend for a socially distanced walk, and someone messaged me the interview that she did when she talked to me. And they're like, "Dude, you have to see this!" And I almost walked into traffic. Like, I nearly <laughs> got hit go by a truck and dropped my phone. Luckily, I hung onto my phone and did not. I evaded. The phone. <laughs> um, but it was incredible because she's been a hero of mine since well before Schitt's Creek. Absolutely, uh, for Christopher Guest movies, obviously Home Alone, Beetlejuice. Um, And SCTV, I've spent many an hour going down an SCTV YouTube rabbit hole. So I've loved her for a long time. So for her to choose, because it wasn't even really prompted to say that she'd not just seen my videos, but to say that they were funny and my writing was funny. I mean, it's like, it's like Einstein coming down and just being like, hey, you're really good at math. Like (laughs) it was, I was, I was shocked and delighted because I think she's just brilliant. That was incredible.
0: Have you heard from anyone else in the cast? No, just that. Um, I,
1: I think, I know most of them have seen my videos at mm-hmm. this point. I'm I'm pretty pretty sure. Um, but I also understand, you know, for them this was a really beautiful show, and I'm sure it's deeply personal to all of them. But it's over, and they're all sort of moving on and doing other projects. And also, there's a bajillion of us doing parody. Sure. So I think if for for them to single out one single parody, it would just be. I think it would be more trouble than it's worth you know that's, as wonderful that's, as it is I very much respect that they haven't commented on it
0: obviously the fan response has been wonderful what's the weirdest message you've received from a fan
1: ooh that's hard because i don't really get weird messages um or like mean cuz i know social media it's a place where it's very easy to be negative mm-hmm. right um but I'm really lucky. Most people that follow me only send me really beautiful, positive messages. Um, i trying to think weird because most of them are just lovely people being like, I was sad today and then I watched your video and it made me smile. Um, there, There was one, it wasn't weird, but, I was so concerned. Um, This woman wrote to me and she was like, hi, I I got really sick and I had to go to the emergency room and I had to wait for six hours and I was panicking and I was so afraid. And so I just binged all of your videos just because the sound of your voice doing the accent to me is soothing. Um, So thank you for getting me through my ER visit. And I I was like, oh my God, are you okay? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. But like, are you all right? so I think that's one that's one that really stuck out is not necessarily weird, but I was so afraid for this poor person. Like, I mean, at least your arms work. So you, I know you could test. <laughs> yeah. Me, so you're able-bodied, but like, Oh my God, are you going to be all right?
0: Yeah. Have you gotten marriage proposals? <laughs> yeah. Have you been asked yeah. out on dates?
1: I, I have gotten asked out on dates. I have a lot of people have written either. They'll leave comments that are say like, Hey, Moira, you know, I, I've seen other photos of your friend, Michael on his Instagram page, he's <laughs> single. Um, or just people directly asking like, are you single? Um, or like, I was just in Pennsylvania for a while working on a project and I made a video there where I did a GPS video. So uh-huh. you very much could see my location. Um, and a lot of people, I had, I had a couple of people reach out that were like, hey, can I buy you a drink? Can I take <laughs> you out? I'm from Lancaster. Can I, you know, can I take you out to dinner? Um, but, but yeah, which are always lovely, but I haven't actually, I haven't actually dated somebody from it, but oh my God, some really beautiful people in like Australia, the UK too. It's killing me that I can't travel. Right. I, oh, it's just British men who have been like, you're so good. If you're ever in London, could I buy you a pint? And I'm like, yes. As as I
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I mean, like it, for me, it was, it was really surreal for me to just be on Instagram. And then all of a sudden people I know are sharing your videos on their story. And I'm like, what's what what is happening and then oh you blew up
1: some friends where they're like michael if one more of my friends sends me (laughs) your video i swear to god like i'm so sorry
0: yeah i mean i i I do have one friend who is uh very much a fan of yours and i believe has probably messaged you many times my dear friend harry lagrande um drag queen yes
1: Yes, who's a delight who's a Mm -hmm. lovely
0: lovely person we actually have dm'd a bit yeah, uh, she she's wonderful. Uh, before coming on, uh, she did a Instagram live because she was about to shave her eyebrows, and I was like, I do not support this.
1: Well, although I imagine for what she does, it's probably useful to no longer. It have is.
0: Her. It is. I just the that's one of the things in drag, and I'm like, don't do it, please. Unless you're on Drag Race, don't
1: do it. Even on Drag Race, but they just glue stick it a lot. I only recently yeah. got
0: into Drag Race in quarantine. Mm-hmm. And I'm hooked. I love it. It's so. We'll we'll, we'll talk about Drag Race in a <laughs> bit, but. You also have merch. I got to the point of merch. merch. Yes. Tell us about your merch.
1: That Yes, if you go to Teespring, um, was it, it's on teespring.com, quarantine time. There's all kinds of merch. Yeah, when, when this first kind of like blew up last summer and I had my first video go like viral, I guess I'll say. I did one where it was just basically saying like, it, it was labeled called simply a Be Your Best or something like that. Mm. Where basically just a reminder to people like, if you've gained weight in COVID, don't judge yourself because you're beautiful no matter what. And this is a crazy experience, so be kind to yourself. And that was the gist of the video. And that was the first one to get like millions of views, mm-hmm. um, which was very, very exciting. And a lot of people were reaching out to me, a lot of friends were like, are you monetizing? Have you monetized this? And I am a terrible businessman and monetizing was the last thing to come to mind. I was just so thrilled that as an actor, I was creating content that I was writing and producing myself, that I was acting in, that was positive and having an impact on people. Like that's really the actor dream, I think. Yeah. Um, And so I was just so thrilled that I was doing something that was having a positive impact on people during such a dark time. And I didn't even occur to me to try and make money. Um, but yeah, people were like, you we have to monetize. And I was like, okay, I guess I can create a shop and we'll see if anyone actually buys anything. So I reached out to my friend, Grace McDermott, who's my oldest friend. We've been friends since we were three. And luckily she's a beautiful, brilliant designer. And so she designed a whole line of merch for me um, and put it up and shockingly people bought things. I couldn't believe nice. it. With hoodies and mugs. I have quarantine time mugs, little quotes on the back. Um, so yeah, so if you just Google, like I think Teespring quarantine time, you can find it. And I will say the hoodies are the comfiest hoodies. I now have like four, which <laughs> is weird. Like I got sample ones so I could just make sure they were nice, sure. but I actually genuinely wear them all the time, which I feel a little like a tool wearing my own merch. But, <laughs> but it's so comfy. I love my hoodies. And like my sister wears hers all the time. Nice. Um, they're great. And they're tank tops.
0: Oh, nice. Well, yeah. we're, we're going to play a game. It's called This or That. I'm going to give Yay. you two options and you're going to okay. tell me which one you prefer. Okay. Cats or dogs?
1: No, I grew up with both. I love <laughs> both. Can I say both? Sure, you can say both. Okay, great. Both cats and dogs.
0: Indoors or outdoors?
1: Outdoors. Easily. Having grown up in a dark, snowy place.
0: Beach or mountains?
1: Ooh, um, beach. Tea or coffee? I hate to say it, but Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> no show centered around tea.
0: Cake or ice cream. Ice cream. Deaf or blind. Oh,
1: that's that's hard. Um, blind because I love music too much.
0: There, Netflix or Hulu. Hulu. Hero or villain.
1: Oh, um, that I would want to play or just be. Be. Um oh, I guess the hero cuz I'm too much okay. of a mush to make people feel <laughs> bad.
0: Marvel or DC? Uh Marvel. Although, yeah, Marvel. Rich and mean or poor and nice? Poor and nice. That's what
1: I am now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Dinner date or movie date?
1: Uh movie date. I love movies.
0: Vanilla or kinky? Ooh.
1: I think I thought I was kind of, nope. Cause my parents, <laughs> um, probably vanilla. I, I am more vanilla than I like to think I am. I think I'm cool. And it turns out I think I'm super vanilla.
0: There you go. Yeah. Brittany or Christina? Oh, <gasps> how dare you?
1: Um, I, this would have to be both. I can't decide between. The that's two. fair,
0: that's fair. Ma- Madonna or Gaga? Gaga. And finally Boston or New York? I'd
1: have to see New York, although I love Boston. I like living in New York better.
0: Yeah, I feel one of my favorite memories of you is when you and I went to see Frost Nixon in the theaters and then walked all the way back to campus in in the snow.
1: Yeah, well, that's where like, I do love Boston. And Mm -hmm. Boston, I have so many great memories of doing things like that. Yeah. Like going to see something and then you walk home. It's such a great walkable city. And it's such mm-hmm. a beautiful city to walk in that it's like, I love doing things like that.
0: Yeah. Cause I remember it was, it was just snowed and it was beautiful. You just had uh, the dusting. Yeah. I miss Boston a little bit, but I, I love you're so much better. Visit.
1: Like, yeah. I love visiting Boston. I, it will always have a special place in my heart.
0: Absolutely. So, we're going to play another game. It is called the Cameo Game Show. Cool. For the listeners, if you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price. But each celebrity, <laughs> yeah, but it, each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. <gasps> okay, so I'm going to give you a bunch of celebrities. Okay, we'll start off with Gloria Gaynor or Shaka Khan.
1: I'm going to say I'm going to say Shaka Khan.
0: Correct. Shaka Khan is 650. Gloria Gaynor is 500. Oh whoa. Next up, Frankie Grande or Lance Bass? Actually, I'm going to
1: guess Lance Bass.
0: Correct. 249 for Lance. Frankie is 175 Oh, good. I love Lance. <laughs> Gary Busey or Boy George? Oh, Gary Busey. Yeah, he's 350 Boy George is 300 Both would be worth every penny. <laughs> right. Next, we have Jesse McCartney or Drake Bell.
1: Is it bad that I don't know who either of those people are? Um, wow. What were you doing in the early 2000s? I was probably just listening to like Ethel Merman's disco album <laughs> or like watching old movies with like Jimmy Stewart or Debbie Reynolds. Like, again, I'm not okay, well with people over 75. If it's current events, I probably don't know. Um, Jesse
0: McCartney was uh, a teen heartthrob. Um, he was a singer. Drake oh. Bell was on the show Drake and Josh from Nickelodeon. Oh, oh
1: okay. So I'm uh, Drake. I'm going to say Drake.
0: It's actually Jesse McCartney. He's 200. Drake Bell is 150. Ah. Next is Tara Reid or Lindsay Lohan.
1: <gasps> oh, both of those must be magical cameos. Um, I'm gonna say probably Lindsay Lohan.
0: It is Lindsay Lohan. 375. Yeah. Tara Reid is 150. Wow. Jojo Siwa or Titus Burgess. I'm gonna say probably Titus, right? Because he's pretty iconic. Titus um, is 250. Man. Jojo is 500. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> Next up. Deborah Messing or Melissa Joan Hart?
1: Probably Deborah Messing, just because Will and Grace was so huge. Yeah,
0: yeah, she's 350. Melissa Joan Hart is 250. Oh, Sabrina. Next, we have Lorna Luft or Laura Bell Bundy. <gasps>
1: Lorna Luft. I met Lorna Luft. It. it was really cool. She is sounded it's... just like her mom when she spoke. Um, I'm going to guess Laura Bell Bundy.
0: Laura Bell Bundy is 100. Lorna Luft 125. Oh, whoa okay Mm -hmm. um now this this was the next two are inspired by uh your recent story renee taylor or uh taylor or charles shaughnessy
1: (gasps) ah yes the nanny i just started re-watching it on hbo this week i forgot how funny that is (laughs) um i'm gonna guess probably renee taylor
0: she is 125 charles is 100 okay next we have lauren lane or daniel davis Lauren Lane, Daniel,
1: probably Daniel Davis. I would assume she hasn't really acted much since then, nanny. I think she became a teacher.
0: She she did, but uh, but it is Daniel Davis. Uh, it is Lauren Lane. She is at fifty. Daniel Davis is at thirty. Oh. Next we have Marissa Jarrett Winoker or Andrew Mcardle.
1: I'm gonna guess Andrew Mcardle just because of Annie. Yep,
0: 125. Marissa Jarrett Winoker only 50 bucks. Not too bad. What? How am I more expensive than her? She's a Tony winning star. <laughs> Anthony Rapp or Adam Pascal? Uh, oh,
1: Rand. good times. Um, I'm gonna say probably Adam Pascal.
0: He is $50, Anthony Rapp is $75. Oh, way to go, Anthony Rapp. Bob Saget or Carrot Top? Oh my,
1: I sincerely hope Bob Saget.
0: It is, he is $349, Carrot Top is $150. Now this one is, is unavailable at the moment but he was available for a while. Uh-huh. how much can you get a dick van dyke cameo for
1: he's not available anymore not right now oh that was one that i was really hoping people would buy for me because mary poppins is my all time favorite movie and dick van dyke probably the biggest influence on me of any other actor um how much would dick van dyke be i, I don't know probably only i'm gonna say like 250 dollars.
0: i believe the last time he was on there was a thousand
1: a thousand good as well it as mm-hmm. should be that's probably yeah. why no one bought it for me.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you're going to talk to Dick Van Dyke, and can get a video from him. he It's going to take some work.
1: Yeah, well, because he's no spring chicken. But I did see one that he shared. Someone shared that a cameo that he did for someone who's brilliant. He sang Chim Chimini for them. Ugh. That's amazing. I would I would die.
0: How's your experience been on Cameo? Plug yourself. Great. I have two more I'm going to make as soon
1: as we're done talking. Um, I really like Cameo. So um, my thing with when I do videos for people, cause I started doing it before people just reach out and ask me to do birthday or whatever yeah. video. And, um, and I really like doing them because I know a lot of cameo, like I get that notification when you're closing in and when it's due, they're like, it takes 30 seconds to wish someone a happy birthday. <laughs> Not for me. I get fully dressed up. I have the person who requested it, send me details and factoids about the person. And then I write them their own full personalized tea time episode. So I take the time to actually write them a full, like two to three minute, video dedicated just to them in the style of Moira Rose um and it's really fun for me because I get to write a whole monologue which does take a good amount of time Mm -hmm. um but it's a great way to find new words to find new phrases I've definitely taken um phraseologies or vocabulary that I've learned for uh, a cameo and used it in one of my own episodes like like from Berlings I learned for one and now I use it (laughs) all the time it's great
0: nice Social media is obviously a big part of our society. How important is it actually?
1: Um oh social media. Um I luckily because for me like I've had such a positive experience with social mm-hmm. media. But I'm so late to the game. Um you know before lockdown I had Instagram and Facebook and I didn't even use either of them that much because right. I'm so not tech savvy nor am I that like we found out I don't really have much of a like pulse on what's going on in the world as far as like, you know, pop culture goes. Um, so it was never really important to me, but now that I'm on there, I'm seeing the benefits of it. You know, especially things like TikTok and Instagram where I think for actors and creators, it's fabulous because it's almost like we live in this new sort of like technological vaudevillian age. Yeah. Where anybody, you don't have to be, you know, I there's this woman who's become a brilliant, really famous TikToker who's a hairdresser in Vancouver. And who knew she was so incredibly talented and the world would never have found her if it wasn't for something like TikTok. Um, And for me, you know, it's this wonderful outlet for me when there was no theater. And so in that sense, I think it's really wonderful that it gives people an opportunity to perform and for an audience to find them. Sure. Um, And, you know, encouraging things like people that I think are relaxing, you know, that do those sort of soothing videos. Um, or just cat videos, which are hysterical. And sometimes <laughs> you just need a 30 second laugh. So in that True. sense, I think it's really wonderful and important. I think that where I've seen where it can be a little dangerous, I think is like I said, where people find it so easy to be negative because it feels like you can attack people or go, people. And it feels like there are no repercussions because you can't see them. You can't see how it affects them. And if they are actually hurt by it, um, I think it's very easy to attack people there Um, And then obviously misinformation can spread like wildfire. Absolutely. Post an opinion and somebody else thinks it's news. And in that sense, it can be, I think, very dangerous, obviously, like what we've we've seen over the last year how scary it can be. Um, But in all honesty, as far as I think, I think that positives outweigh the negatives. Um, I think it's it's opened people up you know there might be kids you know like for you you know there might be some kid mm-hmm. at some rural place somewhere who is a budding drag queen inside yeah. and they would never have the confidence or the know-how to do it without people like you talking about drag queens or drag race that they're seeing like in yeah. YouTube snippets on their phone so hopefully it's going to prove to be more inspiring and positive than absolutely than-
0: with the country opening up again it means that Gay bars will be opening up and likely will be packed. Dancing will ensue, drinks will flow, and perhaps the stereotypes of what happens at gay bars will happen again. Do you think there will be um, restraint from the queer community when it comes to going out again? Or or do you think that it's going to be the roaring 20s and people are just going to have the time of their life and no inhibitions? Um. It's so hard to
1: say. I think it's going to be real, a real person by person basis. You know, I think it depends on, where you are. I think there are people who kind of already have started to jump into that sort of roaring 20s mentality. I've seen so many people that are like, you know what, this is going to be my wild summer after being (laughs) locked down for so long. And, and also I think a lot of people have had so much time to sort of self-reflect and really think Mm -hmm. about who they are and what they like. Absolutely. They're coming out of this with a lot more confidence and sense of self than they've had before. So hopefully they're emerging upon the scene, feeling great. Um, hopefully there isn't quite that pressure that I think a lot of people get, especially in the, the with gay men but queer community, to look a certain way, which I've right. seen. Granted, I've only lived in places like New York, London, LA, like major metropolitan areas where you sort of get that stereotype, you know, that perfect guy who's buff and inexplicably shimmers, you know. <laughs> those guys who you think can only exist in magazines and yet you see them and they're real and you're like, oh my God. Um, Hopefully so many of us haven't been able to go to the gym or just like the world will be more forgiving and people will be more accepting of who they are. Yeah. Appreciative of their bodies because it kept them alive through a pandemic. So who cares if you have love handles, you survived. Yeah. Um, So I don't know, but then I think there will be a lot of people who will be much more tentative who will kind of have that COVID PTSD of like, I've been locked down and big crowds are scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. And I think we all just need to respect each other's boundaries as we come out of it. You know, I think is the most important thing and respect ourselves, you know, know yourself just because your friends are going to some big party because they feel liberated and they can and it's safe and it's exciting. But if it scares you, then probably like stay home <laughs> um, and respect that. And there's nothing wrong with that. So
0: Are you, are you ready to be recognized at the bars? to be
1: recognized I don't, I, I've started getting recognized and it's it's crazy it <laughs> it blows my mind it just started um going out that people know who I am which is odd um but beautiful I mean it's lovely I'm mean, so just take those really drinks nice.
0: just accept them all those drinks I did
1: get a free dessert from this wonderful woman who's a <laughs> manager at a, a restaurant that I went to and she gave me dessert and she was really nice that's awesome um, yeah no I I don't know I'm excited to get back to normal
0: so this would be the portion of my show where when I'm interviewing a drag queen, we would do what we call tea time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about drag a little bit. You said you are now introduced to Drag Race, you're a big fan. Yes. What, who Who are some of your favorite queens? Well,
1: um, uh, was my introduction mm-hmm. to the, the Drag Race community, if you will. So Trixie and Katya will always be very special to yeah. me. because. I love their show. I think they're both so brilliant and funny. Um, And uh, so that was what made me want to watch Drag Race. And then luckily my roommate has been a mega Drag Race fan since the beginning. So we watched all the seasons that aired during quarantine. And then he sort of walked me through older seasons that are sort of the must watches. Sure. Like All Stars 2 and 3, Bob the Drag Um, But yeah, anyway, so I love Trixie and Katya. I love um, Alyssa Edwards. (laughs) <laughs> I think is so freaking funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm drawn to the more like comedy queens. I love, because I love clowning. Naturally. I love campy, you know, shenanigans. Um, So anyone who's funny. Bob, I think is brilliant. Because mm-hmm. um, I watched We're Here, the yeah. HBO show. And that, oh my God, talk about a beautiful show. So all three of them. Um, but yeah, but Trixie and Katya will always sort of be my, my number ones.
0: Have you watched any of the international seasons?
1: Yes, I've watched now i've watched both uk
0: and mm-hmm. Canada. nice uh yeah i mean we we have down Un- yeah oh, they're so good down under just premiered and uh, if you like camp it's literally all camp great
1: i haven't started mm-hmm. it yet. i'm so excited
0: um yeah no uk is excellent it, it's it was hard for me to watch and recap both us and uk at the same time because i was like uk is so much better I, um different it was so they're, different they're, they I are. I feel
1: like at this point, U.S., it's so big that they have designers mm-hmm. and they have, right. you know, I mean, if they don't come out looking anything short of full couture, you're like, get out of here. Um, whereas, like, UK, what I loved about it, is it still feels a little scrappier. You know, yeah. like, they're making those dresses themselves um, for the most part. Like, I, I love how sort of scrappy well, it
0: is. Well, I, I, now that I know you've watched UK, too, I think I have a challenge for you. Yeah. I want to hear Moira Rose's um, verse for UK, Hun.
1: Wait, I wrote one. Uh, where are my lyrics? Um, I wrote a full version of UK Hun to be about the Rose family. Wait, I have...
0: <laughs> oh my God, exclusive. I love this.
1: Where I, I posted it a little while ago and I saved the lyrics on my computer because I was so proud of them. Um, Where did I... Where UK Hun
0: is one of my favorites. I Both those music challenges were excellent.
1: Okay, okay. Yes, you... Brilliant. I mean, this UK cast... They were incredible. All three, yeah. up, the top four, I, I loved them all. Um, yeah. Okay, this was Moira Rose's. It was, UK hun, folding in all of the cheese. It's Moira Rose, yes, from TV. From Jazza Gals to Crows Have Eyes. You see that wig, you know it's me. I made my name on Sunrise Bay. Award-winning, that's right, Bebe. My grandpa Lance is unending. I'll RSVP as Pan Ding.
0: That was amazing. That was her. That's what so funny. Honor.
1: Yeah, Alexis had a verse. So did David and Johnny. I um, love that. It was, that was really fun to write, was their version of UK Hunt.
0: That's so cool. So, what else do you do in your free time?
1: Free time? Um, exactly.
0: No, I, no I, I watched
1: Drag Race. I've watched 22 seasons of Survivor as well. Randomly, I got hooked on that. Nice. Uh, I've gotten slightly better at knitting, I've knitted mm-hmm. about five scarves. Um, each one progressively has fewer holes in it. Um, Does
0: Moira approve of the scarves?
1: Oh, no, they're hideous. Um, <laughs> I talked about them in one of the early episodes. I was like, look at this. I made one that was red and white. It and was this Waldonian monstrosity. Um, so that I've spent a lot of time at home with my family, which has been nice. Because mm. um, I have a car, so I could sort of safely drive home to Syracuse. Nice. My parents and my sister were part of my, my bubble. Um, so that was really nice, spending a lot of time at home. Um, and now I'm writing a script with a friend in London. We're working on a pilot together, and so doing a lot of sort of other writing challenges, and and I've taken a bunch of courses on architectural history because I think it's interesting.
0: Why not? That's like cool. online
1: classes on like history of architecture because I think it's fun.
0: If you could travel the world now, once it's reopened, what's on your itinerary? Um,
1: It would be to go meet some of the lovely people that I have met because of tea time. Um, So I'd go to Scotland. There's this wonderful couple in Scotland. They were one of the first people to ask me to do a personal video. One got it for his husband for their anniversary and we just sort of kept in touch and they shone and um, I can't wait to go visit them. Um, my friend, uh, Chris, who's in Melbourne, who mm-hmm. Chris Chamarky, who's a, was a mega TikToker. And then when they reopened, he went back to work and was just sort of like, cool, that chapter is over. <laughs> um, brilliant TikToker. And we got to a point where we were sort of like mentoring each other. So we'd FaceTime like every day and bounce each other ideas of each other. So I can't wait to go to Melbourne and actually meet him in person. Um, where else? Um, South Africa. There's a couple of people I've gotten to talk to there who are lovely. It would basically be just like a tour around the world of finally meeting these people that I've been DMing with for the last. Yeah, time. yeah.
0: Would you, Would you do like a, a stand up show while you're there? Try to. I don't know. So I've been
1: approached to develop like a one man, yeah, cabaret type thing featuring all of these characters. Um, I've finally become friends with Jim Caruso. I don't know if mm-hmm. you know him. Yeah, who hosts the Pajama uh, Pajama. Oh no! Why am I having a brain fart? Um, Backstage pajama party, his pajama party. Jim right. Crusoe pajama party, you'll find it. It's wonderful, he had me on. He has all these Broadway stars on, they sing songs, they chat, it's brilliant. Um, and so he and I, are, he's hopefully helping me. I talked to him about it, I was like, you know how to do cabarets, you're like best friends with Liza Minowin, <laughs> like, how do I do this? So so maybe I might, who knows, maybe I'll have a one-man show soon that I can take on the road.
0: If you are gonna have a dinner party with three celebrities, who are you inviting? Uh,
1: with three celebrities, um, okay, it, this is a this is a tie. Um, so I would have first, I would have brunch with Maggie Smith, Judy Dench, and Ian McKellen. Okay, Maggie Smith is my favorite actress. I'm obsessed with her and I love Judi Dench and Ian McKellen because I'm such a Shakespeare nerd and I think they're all hysterical and brilliant. So I'd have brunch with them and I feel like they've been friends forever. And then in the evening, I would go out to dinner with Bette Midler, Goldie Hawn and Diane Keaton because okay. I love First watch Club and I love all three of them as well. So that would be my day.
0: And obviously you'd sing the song together. Oh, that's
1: how the night would end. <laughs> like it would end with all of us. We would all wear white and then we would go down and do the you don't own me dance. Yeah, it would be magical.
0: You already kind of alluded to one of the things you do, but you've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching? Oh
1: God, I do that way too often. Um, it really depends on the mood. It's always kind of different. Um, like last night, I fell down a YouTube rabbit hole when I should have been sleeping. of um, Joan Rivers interviews. Okay, I love Joan Rivers. Usually, there's something like that, like a Phyllis Diller rabbit mm-hmm. hole. I love. I love watching like great stand up. Yeah. Um, and great stand-up comedians and watching their all their clips. Um, Zarna Garg, she's a comedian right now an Indian. She's absolutely hysterical. If you don't know, you should have her on. She's amazing. She's Indian and she's um, so, so funny. Um, or like show tune stuff. Like I'll sure. get down to Donna McKechnie rabbit hole and just watch <laughs> every version of like her doing music in the mirror and, you know, Turkey Lurkey time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a lot of things like that.
0: So if you're gonna be on the Amazing Race, who would your partner be?
1: Oh, the Amazing, oh, my sister. In a heartbeat, my sister, Allison. She's my best friend. Um, She's so smart, she's super athletic, and she's extremely organized. Um, Whenever we go on a family trip, the only reason we leave the house is because Allison (laughs) has put the whole thing together. Um, And that's how we've sort of been our whole lives. Like she's the organized um, one who gets us from A to B, and I'm just the one who's sort of happy to be there.
0: (laughs) Who's going to be eating the weird crap? Oh, me. I'll do
1: all that stuff. Like, that's why you bring me. It's like, she'll get us there and I'll be the one who will like eat bugs. Sure. Um, Although she actually is a big fan of eating cricket protein. So she might be fully on board for the bug eating.
0: Okay. All right. We're going to do the pop five rapid fire. I'm going to give you five pop culture headlines, news stories. You're going to give me a word phrase, whatever you want to talk about for each. Cool. All right. Number one is the circle. Um, I've only
1: seen one episode of The Circle. My roommate was watching the finale today, this morning, while I was recording cameos in my room. So I heard little bits of it. It seems super fun. I just know nothing about it.
0: Yeah, I. it's one of my favorite shows, and I'm very tempted to audition for it for the next oh, season. You should. I just don't know if I would play as myself or a catfish. That's my big question right now.
1: I, see, I think you would be a brilliant catfish.
0: I think so, too. It's just like, I, I, I have to pick really, the right
1: person. Yeah, you'd be really good at it.
0: Because um, I mean, there, there was the catfish this season. Someone was playing as Lance Bass. Oh, really? It was her, his personal assistant. Oh, smart! It was really fun. Smart. All right, number two is the Game of Thrones prequel, House of the Dragon releases photos. Wait, what? Say that. Again. Is it? It's the prequel to Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon. They released some photos from set. We got oh. to see
1: the cast. I... Oh, that's cool. Um, I. I didn't know about that. Um, I knew they were doing a prequel. I still haven't finished Game of Thrones.
0: That's fair, that's fair. Well, in in this photo, we see some uh, relatives of the Targaryens. We don't know really who they are yet, but- Cool. um, But Matt Smith of Doctor Who fame is on the show.
1: (gasps) I love him. I love him, and Doctor Who is my introduction
0: to him. Yeah, Uh, with with this really long blonde wig. It's like, okay, interesting. Okay. Okay. All right. Number three is Facebook continues to ban Donald Trump.
1: Oh, I so I, I try very hard to stay away from politics just because um like especially my sort of persona online is so sure sort of happy and positive. And like my sister calls me Mr. Rogers with a wig mm-hmm. on. And I just anytime I've done one that addresses politics, like I did one in response to the capital attacks, I did one in my very sweet right. way. Um, but that was where I feel like I had something I needed to say and it was important and I wanted to say something. Um, but people are always like, please don't, we come to you to escape from that, no yeah. matter what your political affiliation. That being said, I think, um, I obviously am not a fan of Donald Trump's. Um, and I've seen a lot of studies that show just how much sort of false information he puts out there mm-hmm. on social media. So just because he, when you fact check him, it's alarming as to how much he just seems to make up. So maybe it's for the best that he's yeah. not on there. I agree. And instigating negative things. He seems like an incredibly negative person that I feel like is a voice that we don't need right now.
0: I agree. Number four is Lil Nas X's Montero Call Me By Your Name. Wait, what? Lil Nas X's song, have you seen, seen the video? Oh yes, yes, I did see
1: it. Yeah. Um, It was so cool. Yeah. Um, and again, people were like, have you seen this thing? And I was like, I totally missed it at first. Um, I, I think it's amazing. It caused such a a stir. Um, My goodness, but fabulous. Like, yeah. Causing a stir like that. Awesome. Like even if people were upset, they saw something and it sparked something in them and it sparked conversation. So all for, especially the conversations that came out of it and the way the responses, um, were, were fabulous. So like, huzzah, yay, more videos like that.
0: Number five, Broadway to reopen at 100% on September 14th.
1: Awesome. Um, I sincerely hope it works. I am just nervous that, you know, that there will be enough people who are afraid to come out and be sure. I think it's a lot to ask people after a pandemic to be like, come be in this packed small space <laughs> with a thousand other people and then people singing at you. Um, you know, it, I really hope people do it because I know for Broadway, financially, they basically have to sell out. Yeah. To, to even break even, they have to sell out. So I I just really hope by then, I think it's smart to wait until September and not do it in the summer. So we all have the summer to sort of become yeah. really accustomed to being in crowds. Um, but it's exciting. I, I hope that lots of theater comes back, not just Broadway.
0: What is the first show you want to see when it's reopened?
1: Ooh, um, Probably. I'm so excited to see six. Me again. too.
0: That's that's my mom texted me this morning when I guess the announcement came. She's like, what do you want to see? I was like six.
1: The so, ex, I saw it in London and yeah. whooped, I went in totally blind, didn't know anything mm-hmm. about it. Knew nothing. My sister and I, Allison, she booked the trip <laughs> <laughs> and, and friends in London. I was like, I'm here. I want to see a show. What should I see? And they all were like, go see six. We're not going to tell you anything. Just be pleasantly surprised at how wonderful it is. And I was obsessed. Um, So I'm just very excited to see this like American version because I've heard they let whatever cast of women play those roles, they let them all sort of put their own stamp on the show. Yeah. So I loved the British cast. I saw the original West End cast. I'm so excited to see what the American girls did because I'm sure they're equally wonderful.
0: Which character would Moira Rose want to play?
1: Oh, well, I mean, Michael Berry wants to play Anne Boleyn.
0: Um, <laughs> Naturally. Because
1: I love her. And I love the woman who did it in London, who I saw, I can't remember her name, but she was amazing. Um, and I love her song, like, Don't Lose Your Head. Yeah. Um, I feel like Moira would want to be the first one though, Catherine of Aragon. Mm. Just because she's based on Beyoncé, right? Yeah. Um, So I feel like Moira would just love that she was a character based on someone like Piazze. And her song also was fabulous, you know, and she's the elder statesman of the women, which I think Moira could very much relate
0: to. It's fair. So I asked the audience if there's anything corner questions and I have one, some, it's a question I'm sure you've gotten many times. It's from anonymous. Uh The question is, are you single? Am I single? Yes, I am single. There you go, friends. There's your answer. I'm sure you will get some DMS, but I have my previous guest asked my current guest a question, and this is a question from Katrina Lovelace. Uh-huh. Ooh. What is the most embarrassing thing that has happened to you in your life?
1: God, where to start? <laughs> I, I'm constantly proving that gravity still works. I like, I drop in, I'm such a klutzy person. Um, it's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened in my life. Ah, um, the first thing that springs to mind, um, it was when I was a kid. Obviously, it's when you're a kid, right? Those are the ones that stick with you. Because an mm-hmm. adult constantly make a fool of yourself. So they just run together. Um, but when I was 10, I was doing a production of Working, the musical. I was <laughs> playing the newsboy. And I love working. It was so cool. Yeah. Um, and I was I completely blanked on the words during one of the performances. Just stopped. Stopped cold. It had never happened before. Thank God it's never happened since. But just froze. And someone in the audience yelled, learn the words. <laughs> Oh my God. No. And I, I don't, I black, I, it's like in Chicago, I blacked out. I can't remember a thing. Honestly, I <laughs> can't remember a thing. I, at some point I think just fled the stage. Um, I think somehow like one of the other actors sort of helped me. We somehow finished the song and then I got myself off stage and I vaguely remember that, but Oh my God. I think that was the most terrifying, humiliating moment. That the actor's I
0: nightmare. Never
1: forget. You know, and I've had embarrassing moments on stage. I've forgotten lines, I've dropped things, you know, things have gone wrong, but since then I've learned how to recover from it. Yeah. That was the only time that I just full on froze. Um, oh my God, I wanted to die.
0: So now is your turn to ask my next guest a question and it can be about anything you want.
1: Your next guest. Um, I want to know what their favorite children's book was. All right, if that's a good a question. Book that has like stayed with them as an adult.
0: I like that. Well, I'm here to try to expand the community who would you like to hear me interview in the future? Oh, um, do you ooh,
1: do you know um, on TikTok, he's gleefully Tim. And on okay. Instagram, he's gleefully Tim, Tim. So he's part of this group of uh, LGBTQ TikTokers that have sort of been assembled. It's um, Dylan Rattel, Aaron, Goldie Boy, and then Tim, who's known as gleefully Tim. And um, we're all actually doing a big pride trip to Cancun next year.
0: Nice. um,
1: Which everyone should come. It's gonna be so much fun. Um, But we're called the Big Fab, if you Mm. will. And we've done Zoom shows and we're doing live shows. It's very exciting. Um, But Tim, I think is someone really special. Lizzo has retweeted, has shared his videos. He's, just because he, um, I think he beautifully walks that line between masculine and feminine. You know, he's a Mm -hmm. tall, very, you know, he's a handsome, striking, tall man, but he's, he's plus size is a bigger guy who like fully embraces his body. Like he wears little crop tops and high heels and he struts and he dances and he's fabulous and he's amazing. Um, And we were talking recently and he wants to do more things to sort of celebrate being a larger, like a more plus size Mm -hmm. man in the queer community and, um, and he's so funny, but so insightful. And I think he I love that. a fabulous person to have on. I'll
0: definitely reach out to him. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media? And I um, if you want to throw that out there too. On the social
1: medias? No, um, I, uh, so no, don't send me money. Just buy things on my quarantine time. There Tuesday you go. Merch. So at least, you know, you get something from it, right? Um, I, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok at mjudsonberry. Um, and then on Twitter, I'm M. Judson One Berry because I'm pretty sure I started a Twitter account like a long time ago with M. Judson and I can't figure out how to access it. So I had to create a whole new one. Um, again, because your grandmother knows more about social media than I do. <laughs> um, so it's M. Judson One Berry. And then on YouTube, if you just look up Michael Judson all of my videos are on YouTube as well
0: amazing well if this was so much fun it was so great to catch up with you yeah you too thank you so much for having me and putting up with
1: my incessant rambling
0: the biggest thanks to michael for coming on subscribe on apple Podcasts, audible google play spotify soundcloud or stitcher and leave us a review while right you're there if you have any questions or comments drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link like listen love until next time i'm michael block and that was block talk